0: Maria Tarasena, Tammy Warner, Trina Nadura, Sam Alcoff, Maria Yastuju, John Hamilton, Rabbi Karen, Hani Massoud, and Hannah Alias. Our Executive Director is Julie Crosby. Special thanks to Beckett Staley, John Randolph, Paul Powell, Mike DeFilippo, Miguel Nagara, Hugh Grand, Dennis Moynihan, David Prude. I'm Amy Goodman with Juan Gonzalez. This news is funded by viewers and listeners like you. Please support our work at slash support.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Shay from Planned Parenthood. Here are some fast facts about abortion. Abortion is really common. Chances are you know someone who's had an abortion. In the United States, about one in four women will have one by the age of 45. Abortion is extremely safe. Abortion is safer than getting your tonsils out or your wisdom teeth pulled. And abortion doesn't increase your risk of cancer, infertility, mental health issues, or any other health problems. The majority of people who get abortions are already parents. Fifty-nine percent of people who have had abortions have had at least one childbirth experience. Most people in the U.S. think abortion should be legal by a wide margin. Eighty percent of Americans want abortion to remain legal, even in states where politicians pass laws against abortion. For more information, visit PlannedParenthood.org.
2: And you're listening to radio station WUSB in Stony Brook. Broadcasting at 90.1 FM and 107.3 FM, as well as over the internet at WUSB.FM. The time is 6 o'clock. It's time for Off the Wall. A very good evening to everybody. The program is Off the Wall. Emmanuel Goldstein here with you, joined tonight by Kyle. Yeah, right here. How you doing?
3: Oh, I don't know. Just this, doing uh, that, and uh-huh. um, doing it with gusto. So yeah, I mean, I'm overall...
2: I hear the gusto in your voice.
3: Yeah. Well, just... Yeah. I'm doing all right. How, how are you? I mean, I'm I'm, I'm okay... Um, um, now know, that you ask, it's a lot. It's a of Just
2: trying to figure it all out. A lot, a lot has happened this There's week. There's a lot
3: to figure out. Yeah. A week
2: ago, we had the special election in the neighboring 3rd District. And um, I have to say that went well. I was, that was good news. I was a little afraid because uh, it sure didn't seem uh, like the Democratic uh, candidate was going to win, uh, Tom Swazee, Um And uh, Mazi uh, Pillip was uh, running against him. Um, and early returns seemed to indicate that <laughs> Nassau County was, was voting for her um, a lot more than voting for him. turned out that was inaccurate. Um, there some small districts were doing that. But um, uh, when you added Queens in, that was overwhelmingly Democratic as opposed to Republican. And even Nassau County, I believe he got more votes. Um, so a district got flipped. Uh, of course, there was a district that had flipped to George Santos. <laughs> a couple of years ago. Um, or, um, yeah, however long ago that was. It feels like forever. Um, so, yeah, I guess, you know, that's good because uh, the um, the pro-choice um, um, message resonated. And I think that message is resonating in just about every election that you see from, from uh, last year through this year. So, I don't know. I was... Uh, I was I was worried, but uh, it's it's good to see that turn out.
3: Certainly, and and take more of an interest, even more, all you locals out there, because this is fascinating stuff. It's a microcosm; it always was. So, uh, if you're passionate uh, and you feel like this would have an effect, this this benefits uh, if it was to be uh, fixed or, you know. Working in a way that it hadn't uh, addressed something of, of your concern in the past. Be active, because it, it's all about what what you put into it.
2: Oh, absolutely, yes. And people worked hard, you know, to um, to get the message out. It's hard though when um, when it keeps getting distorted with um, with fiction. You know, when when blame is cast for things that aren't. Um, just aren't true, you know, uh, or, or when credit is not given, when something positive happens. We see this all the time. And um, things like education, crime, immigration, um, Republicans keep trying to use those to their advantage, and lately, I think people aren't falling for it anymore. Uh, Democrats are defending themselves on immigration. What, you know, the stunt that Republicans pulled a couple of weeks ago where they killed their own bill, you know? They basically insisted that something be done and Democrats agreed and said, "Okay, let's do it." Kind of called their bluff. It was it was brilliant actually. Uh maybe they sensed this coming. And and Republicans at the behest of Donald Trump said, "You know what? Um if if this if we solve this, that's not good because then Biden will get the credit. So let's make it um Continue to be broken until at least the November election, and maybe we'll do something about it after that. People see this; people are aware of what they what they did—a cynical move there—and um, I think it's it, it's it's coming back to bite them now.
3: Really, the 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 really talented sort of uh, skill here that I think we we really ought to laud. Is using what things we complain about or might find upsetting in in the predictability, um, to work some of that, some of what we know their tendencies are into a strategy. If um, if clearly they're against what what um, the majority of people, everyday people out there uh, are after in their government, and you just see the same kind of tactics, cynical as they are. Uh, while you see' them a mile away, have a strategy for using that energy right a, and and deflecting it or or reflecting it um and and instead of um complaining about it all the way until it hits you and it's it's um you know really affecting yet again in a negative way,
2: yeah well you know um, basically, I think you know I keep saying people seem to be getting it. And I hope that's enough. Um, but way too much um, is being given to Trump uh, insofar as people continuing to take him seriously when he really appears to be quite a bit delusional. The things that he says uh, that that just basically are supposed to bounce off of us. You know, things like encouraging Russia to uh, attack NATO countries that aren't current on their on their bills or whatever he uh, imagines their offense to be or uh, things he says about his opponents or just every time he opens his mouth, he says something a bit insane, whereas the most you can accuse Biden of is being 81 and, uh, you know, not um, not talking as fast as you want him to uh, maybe um, uh, talking a bit slower, maybe not moving as fast. Things that you would expect for somebody who was an octogenarian. But is he making the right decisions? Is he hiring the right people? Are we actually moving in a positive direction? And I just, you know, I, I see this um, this uh, need, uh, particularly in part of Democrats, to both sides things. And, 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 and say, uh, yeah, okay, you know, Trump is horrible, and but Biden has his problems too. Yeah, everybody has their problems. But, it, you know, orders of magnitude of difference here. When you see somebody who is dangerous, and I, I do not use that term sparingly, Trump is dangerous. He does not understand how the world works. He does not understand politics. He does not understand um, uh, the, the concept of war and peace. He just understands how to, how to get what he wants and everybody else be damned. That is very different from somebody who is old, yet wise, and continues to have people around him, who are doing what he wants to do and what we elected him to do, you know? <laughs> yeah, Democrats need new blood; they need new people, and they they hopefully are working on that. Uh, in, in in four years, you know, they need to make some kind of uh, a choice as to what direction they're going to move in. What I find kind of disturbing, though, is you know, in all this conversation, and you you, you turn on the TV and you always hear it as if they are equal. You know, Trump and Biden, two old guys. Okay, one's insane and one isn't, so there's that big difference. But, okay, we do have a young vice president who's part of his campaign. Do do you remember her? Do you remember Kamala Harris? Why is that something that people just dismiss out of hand? What is it about her that bothers people so much? Because it really does. Nobody will even consider President Harris. Nobody would even think that she has the knowledge or the skill, you know, to actually do the job. Now, you know, I, I know there are things to disagree with her on. She was a prosecutor, right? So, yeah, uh, there's all kinds of things you can point to. I saw people pointing to Bernie Sanders today, calling him, uh, or uh, this week actually calling him uh, a defender of genocide. You know, people will <laughs> they will find anything on anybody and condemn them for one thing or another. So, yeah, Kamala Harris is is no exception to that. But what is it that makes her just not even a contender? You know, we we have this, this problem with Biden that has to be addressed. Okay, but you have a vice president who is young and who can do the job and who ran with him. So what's the problem? No, we can't have Harris no matter what. I don't get it. Do you get it, Kyle? Do you understand why that is? Why people are so—and I mean on both sides, Democrats, Republicans—why are they so averse to having Kamala Harris be considered?
3: Well, I think it's the obvious things. Uh, there's a lot of stereotyping and, and prejudice towards her 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 role and uh, the idea of her in an even higher office. Mm-hmm. I think that that a lot of people this backlash never found comfortable and have been and reacting because it's so threatening in their eyes or something and it's it's really but, kind of dated and just a, yeah. a, it's it's a waste of a of um an absolutely you know a pretty solid record so far not even in democrats the o- in the office
2: but not even democrats are saying yeah well, you know this here's here's somebody who can do the job who Fits the qualification. I'm not saying she's the best person for the job or, or the future of the Democratic Party, but she certainly is good enough. Am, am I am I wrong on that? It didn't seem to be an issue you know, four years ago.
3: Well, the really the the other thing I think about with her in particular is having the president alongside her who fulfilled a lot of the functions in multiple. Bouts as vice president, there's a lot of right. wisdom there that she could draw upon as far as how to um, execute that role, as far and take on anything else that that is um, you know going to keep that administration strong. So the the, I mean it's as as opposed to having a president who's never been in office at all, some you know celebrity or or some uh, crossover into politics that um was was by her side this is this is a statesman that that knew knew the vice presidency, so it's not like she didn't have someone who with direct experience going into that role so mm-hmm. again it's kind of it's kind of um it's sad to i guess hear from the, their own party but i I would say just maybe it's like sexism and this fascination with populist candidates that's why like Newsom and 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 all these like sort of um, shiny uh, classic politicians instead of forgetting yeah, but, what what has what way has oh, been paid.
2: But look up some of the things I say about Newsom. Oh, you know, I know, I he, know I and know. he is condemned more roundly than than, than she ever well, was. Well, there's all this discrim- for, for the things he's doing for homeless people in California. It's you know. <laughs> well the that he is not the the, the future of the democratic party you ask a lot of people either
0: well there's
3: hostility to anybody from california mm-hmm. so, i mean you can depending on how you That's a lot of people categorize and label people instead of looking at their their actual competencies and and record uh-huh. and 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 what they've achieved i i think we're going to be a little hamstrung. but the the other thing about um the 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 way the former president and the president are speaking, I mean, speaking. The, the only way I think of it is like there's a difference between people that are talking and people that are actually saying something. Mm-hmm. And and um, his diatribes and and um, upsets really, I think, are diluted by the overall um, interest worldwide and, and in populism and authoritarianism. And I say that because it has escalated the overall sense of threat and and um, harshness, mm-hmm. shall we say, in various uh, state entities and in, in their individual governments and people's lives around the world. That alone has made the overall theater here much, much scarier in general. So someone that is already kind of, people are a little bit, used to it, like, uh, worn out by it, and then there's this smattering of, like, offness of just these these long diatribes and incoherence mixed in with sensational things that, that we're supposed to be afraid of. I think people are just like, you know, we have so many other really important things that are scary. Like, you're not as scary. There's something to that effect, because your, your observation that it's just not being taken as seriously, like the plays they're trying to make, I, I hope that strategy and not just coincidence, but well, it, it does sound less threatening because it's it's just um, crying for attention amidst as much attention look, as he's getting okay. for his own for his own uh, entanglement.
2: Look, if, if 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 you know something happens to Biden during his second term, Kamala Harris will step up. All right. We have somebody there that will do the job. Now, is she good enough to run on her own in 2028? In, uh, I can't say. But we, we have, some, it's, the country will not be thrown into complete chaos if something were to happen to Biden, to incapacitate him and make that necessary. Now, try this. Talk to people. Talk to people you know, uh, on the left, on the right, whatever. Ask them what it is about Kamala Harris that, Disturbs them so. And when they tell you, ask yourself, is this fair? Because when I ask people, and I'm I'm sure you've done this too, Kyle, um, they say things to me like, um, yeah, her laugh just annoys me. Her laugh really gets me. Really, her laugh? You're going to disqualify her for that? Hold on. You know, if I say Donald Trump's face really offends me, all of a sudden I'm the ignorant one, but... Yeah, so you're basically going to say because she laughs in a particular way, that means she cannot be, you know, in charge of um, of, of of the Office of Presidency. Um, try again. Try for something else. Try, you know, show me how she um, is inept at her job. And I mean inept, you know. I don't mean something you disagree with. I don't mean a policy. I don't mean, you know, switching positions or being a little bit too much on the left, or a little too much on the right. Tell me what makes it so that she cannot do the job. That's all I want to hear. I mean, I don't want to hear it, but if it's true, I want to hear it. But don't tell me it's her laugh. Don't tell me it's 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 the way she wears her hair, or you know, just the um uh the fact that she's too loud and abrasive. You know, you may not realize how offensive and sexist that is, but that is exactly what it is.
3: Yeah, that that. Critique has already, I think, tempered some of the way she presents herself. And I think it's petty, but um, even without it, it's still brought up. It's like, oh, you ever laughed ever Mm -hmm. in public or had joy. And come on, like, I can see um, instances where you know you're having a good time, like uh, uh, in the kitchen. If, if if there's uh, an interaction on a, a private level uh, where the vice president is laughing, it's perfectly okay. But somehow we have to have and, – and if there isn't laughing, there's probably something wrong. <laughs> but, like, in a public setting, we judge it as um, some sort of, um, I don't know, control or, or otherwise – some measure of poise or something – when it's just a, a variation in the way people do things and and i don't know i just think that that again is us uh holding up this mythical ideal that of a role that has not yet had someone in it before like maybe the next vice president uh maybe she will um have a a different laugh or not laugh at all be humorless I mean, are we lucky to have someone that that can have a sense of humor? Are, are we it's, not? It's I mean, not? It's
2: not relevant. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's good to have a sense of humor. Yes, definitely. But, you know, what, where does she stand? What policies will she uh, be enforcing? Who will she have by her side? These are the questions that really matter. And, um, you know, people skip over that. Yeah. And they focus on personality and, and appearance and, and, and all that. And it's just so so quick to dismiss. And, you know, if you're going to bring up the, the the whole Biden thing and make that an issue, OK, you can't you can't make this an issue as well, because you know, you're never going to find somebody that satisfies uh, all the uh, categories you imagine are necessary.
3: And it's not it's not part of any kind of platform. Right.
2: And, you know, the, the other thing is um, vice presidents as a rule are in the background. I know one one critique is that she doesn't seem to do anything, well, you know that was true of Biden too, under Obama. You know you didn't really hear from him all that much. He was in Dick the background watch the show veep you know that that is part of the job you're in the background, but you're you're doing what the the president is asking you to do, and she seems to be doing that so yeah all right uh now let's uh let's look at something else because uh this story came out this uh, this week as well um Japan the United States said last Thursday their economies likely weakened. During the final three months of 2023, for each, it would be the second straight quarter that's happened, which um, basically fits the definition for recession. Yet in the United States, the economy motored ahead in last year's fourth quarter for a sixth straight quarter of growth. It's blown past many predictions coming into last year that a recession seemed inevitable because of high interest rates meant to slow the economy and inflation. Yeah, it somehow doesn't count, right, because Biden's at the helm, so we can't be happy. But look at the the facts, look at the numbers. The U.S. economy is doing well. Give much of the credit to U.S. households who have continued to spend at a solid rate, despite many challenges. Their spending makes up the majority of the U.S. economy. Government stimulus helped households weather the initial stages of the pandemic and the jump in inflation, And now pay raises are helping them catch up to high prices for the goods and services they need. On Thursday, a report showed that fewer U.S. workers filed for unemployment benefits last week. It's the latest signal of a remarkably solid job market, even though a litany of layoff announcements has grabbed attention recently. And continued strength there should help prop up the economy. Say what you will, it's not a disaster. You cannot say it's a disaster. You cannot say that the economy is in shambles compared to the rest of the world. We're doing pretty good. Are we doing great? Is everyone doing great? Of course not. There's always going to be a a problem somewhere. But it is not the catastrophe that you will hear about on Fox News constantly. As many of the catastrophes that they wish for so fervently aren't actually reality. So the question is, are we naive enough to buy into that and to make that part of the narrative when it's not even reality?
3: Yeah, it, it seems like it, that's something that's a little bit variable. I mean, different households and different people are at different stages and and um, might be experiencing this and, and may have been differently prepared for all of that stimulus or not. And, um, I don't know. My experience might be, is, is probably a lot different, but the numbers sound great. That sounds good. And, and I guess that gives me some optimism and I, I do feel like, you know, looking for work or that there is opportunity out there. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I, I, but I, I think, my experience has been a lot more um, I'm a lot more guarded because of my experience. Other people may have had you know a lot of a lot of um, uh, success or they may have had a different uh, trajectory or like a plan. So that's why I think like you can read into the numbers what what might uh, might be good for um, people overall or for people um, just entering the workforce. Or getting back on their feet, maybe, from an
2: illness? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't necessarily affect you as an individual. It never does. But if you're going to use that as some kind of a model for how we're doing in general, well, then you do have to look at those numbers. You do have to look at at, uh, statistics and trends and all of that. And, um, you know, the doomsayers who are, uh, you know, basically predicting uh, uh, terrible things ahead – they keep getting proven wrong. And at some point, you have to say, you know what, we're, we're, we're doing all right, and we're going to get through this, and it's not a catastrophe. And look at the rest of the world. You know, I, I see people complaining about prices, you know, despite the fact that gas is, is cheaper now than it was under Trump. And that is true. You can't count the week of pandemic when nobody was traveling and and, and, and gas plummeted. <laughs> okay, that that didn't last very long. Right now, gas is cheaper than it was under Trump. That is a fact. All right. And um, the fact that other products that you find in supermarkets are are more expensive, well, that speaks to global price increases, which, last I checked, Biden is not responsible for. So, yeah, you're going to have things that cost more, and you're going to have some things that cost less. But uh, the question is, overall, how is your economy doing? And um, sorry, Republicans, the answer is not that badly.
3: Yeah, it's like even if you're personally... In bad shape. You could make a change. You could, um, you could be, um, you could you could have an opportunity or a job or a new job or um, some kind of uh, retraining that you otherwise wouldn't have considered. And those opportunities are out there, which in other you know situations, deep recessions and and such. Mm-hmm. That can be impossible. So yes. if you're considering getting into some uh, you know new new uh, industry or um, you're really interested in and or excited about um, something that's happening um, with energy or with um, you know uh, science or, or arts and whatever it is you know people are are making those moves be, and and because we're not still isolated because we were able to. Uh, get through this cr- health crisis, like people are back at it and, um, industrious and, and, um, even going to shows again and, and, and ha- having joy in their lives, which we mm-hmm. didn't really see possible, you know, in the previous big election cycles. So I think maybe people want to, want to know the competencies will, that have established where we're at.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: On the on the out on the other side of that, um, that maybe they're um, better positioned for for what else might be ahead. I
2: don't know. I I, well, I think There's you're right. Practicality. I, I, I think there matter. are a lot of opportunities. Uh, you know, green energy, for instance. Instead of telling ourselves that uh, it's 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 hurting uh, jobs and and putting people out of work, no, it's opening doors. And all kinds of new possibilities exist now. And instead of trying to um, uh, shut that down or discourage people or, or convince someone that it's a, a political issue, uh, let's embrace that. Let's move forward towards new, modern technologies. Let's look at health care, because uh, what we've been through with the pandemic certainly has uh, made a lot of us more aware of our health. Uh, there's plenty of opportunities there. Hey, you know, part of uh, Smithhaven Mall near us is now part of Stony Brook University Hospital. <laughs> you know, it's people are are basically branching out. Uh, medical facilities are branching out everywhere. There's all kinds of opportunities opening up just in that field alone.
3: And uh, students I know on, on the campus at Stony Brook and throughout the SUNY system and throughout the country, I think – Believe believe it or not, maybe it didn't seem possible, but they kept going. They got mm-hmm. through. I know there are uh, young people doing, you know, looking into the next phase of their academic career, doing college visits and stuff. These kids who were studying on on um, video conference and taking exams that way, mm-hmm. they're really smart. They are really smart and uh, entering the workforce, and they're they're so needed uh to solve big problems and to and and uh to fill some of these positions these gaps right. in in hiring um yeah. all over and that maybe not like jobs and, and occupations are going to do forever or that will always be there but to transition to to other and 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 um uh different opportunities thereafter it's all really crucial stuff, so there's there's plenty to be sort of motivated and enthused about. You know, just
2: just looking at the campus alone, just seeing how it has grown, how it has um, uh, prospered uh, in so many ways over the years, that is healthy. That is growth. That is something that we strive for. and more jobs are created, more opportunity exists. It, it doesn't always have to be about pollution, destruction. Uh, the old ways of doing things. There's, you know, space research now. There's all kinds of science that is being pursued that, um, uh, you know, has has never been done before. You know, we're going back to the moon. There's a lot of good things ahead. It doesn't always apply to us, you know, but it, it can inspire us for sure.
3: Well, in the way that, like, information is being applied to all these different fields. Mm-hmm. And um, just that that's what like, I mean by, like, really smart, really engaged, and I just can't help but think it's the the network nature, the overall um, um, consciousness out there of of the imperative, you know, where and where we might fit in as a nation together. You know, what what can we accomplish?
2: Here's a, here's a little microcosm of it. Um, uh, locally, demolition crews are expected to finish tearing down more than a dozen abandoned industrial buildings at a Port Jefferson station Superfund site. Uh, that's in the the week or two ahead. Uh, and that will clear the way for a new rail yard and a solar farm. That's according to state environmental officials. Yeah, there's a lot of woke in that sentence, isn't there?
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: that's what, that's what state political people do sometimes. They they open up solar farms and uh, expand rail and tear down the abandoned industrial buildings that polluted the ground and and caused the Superfund site to exist. Wow, imagine that. That's progress.
3: Oh, I really, I really like it when, um, these things are sort of co-located and they're, um, done sort of through the industrial commercial side. These are cost effective solutions, they procure really high quality, um, uh, materials and they install in, in, into designs if it's civil engineering or other like, uh, private designs that, that really, uh, benefit their um industry and their purpose long term so um it's not just sort of a, a consumer item uh when the general public sees that a, a major utility or a transport authority or some sort of uh service business is embracing um, technologies that better their bottom line and and benefit the carbon cycle you know reduce their carbon impact but but uh close up some of those loops and, and, and all that, I think it, it becomes uh, less nerdy and more practically, like, um, uh, ever-present as far as uh, how people choose to spend their dollars replacing and repairing things.
2: Well, the uh, State Department of Environmental Conservation uh, and its, uh, its contractor have uh, generally completed the work at the site – with uh, demolition and asbestos removal scheduled to be completed by the end of February. Yeah, do you remember all the controversy the people who didn't want the asbestos to be removed? Yeah, the n- local neighborhood saying, we want our asbestos, we are proud of our asbestos, do not take our asbestos. Okay, that didn't happen, but you know what, we're not that far away from that. Some of the things I see people, you know, uh, uh, trying to protect, you know, like coal and uh just pollution and bad health, and uh, don't get me started. Anyway, raising the uh, last structures from the old Lawrence Aviation Industries plant, um, <clears throat> they left behind barrels of toxic waste, millions of dollars in unpaid debt when they closed in 2003. Well, that is the, um, the latest milestone in redevelopment of the uh, 126-acre site, which is uh, right off Sheep Pasture Road over in uh, Port Jefferson, Uh, for more than two decades. The community has had to live with this dilapidated, polluted property in their backyards, said Southern County Executive Edward Romaine on Friday. The uh, $1.5 million um, effort to demolish 15 Lawrence Aviation buildings began last fall. And, um, yeah, the the, the owner of uh, Lawrence Aviation, uh, Gerald Cohen had been ordered to pay the cleanup costs and other debts, including back taxes. But then he died and didn't pay up. Uh, federal court transferred the land. That's true, that's what happened. Uh, it transferred the land to the nonprofit Suffolk County Land Bank, which is uh, selling off about two thirds of the property to repay uh, Cohen's debts. Uh, Metropolitan Transportation Authority Chairman and CEO Jenna Lieber told state lawmakers last month the agency had reached a tentative deal to buy 40 acres from the land bank for an undisclosed sum. He uh, called the Lawrence site the best opportunity to create a train yard for the Port Jefferson line and the first step in electrifying the train out to Port Jefferson, which will be amazing. You know, imagine a a one-seat ride all the way into either Penn Station or Grand Central. That's right, we have Grand Central now, more improvements. The improvements just keep coming. And one-third of the uh, Lawrence Aviation site will be sold for $5 million to a White Plains solar farm developer. And about 42 acres will be preserved as open space. I'm sure there's people that are opposed to that as well, but too bad. Too bad. We won this one. So, yeah, this is progress. These are good things. Let's celebrate them.
3: And keep them coming.
2: Absolutely. All right, got to talk about uh, the Fannie Willis story because, uh, boy, this has been... Uh, something that everybody's been talking about over the past week. This is, of course, the um, uh, Fulton County uh, District Attorney. Fanny,
3: Fanny, Fanny.
2: Uh, boy, this this is, um, if anybody knows <laughs> the reference that Kyle just made, but nobody will get that. Um, okay, so she is the uh, District Attorney um, that is prosecuting Trump down in, um, in Georgia for attempting to steal the election. And... I guess we could. We should have seen this coming. You know, when you attack Trump, when you go after him, he will go after you. And that is exactly what's happening here, where they basically are trying to put her on trial now, trying to make it seem like she is corrupt. And, you know, all of this was being televised. I could not believe how long this went on for. You know, this whole thing, you know, maybe in uh, a one-hour discussion. And, and of course, the, the question is, did you have a romantic relationship with, with the prosecutor in this case. Um, okay. Who cares? How is that relevant? She, I think, did a magnificent job on the stand. She uh, pushed back against what she described as lies about her romantic relationship. Um, during what can only be uh, described as an extraordinary hearing. Uh, and But these allegations, for some reason, they threatened to upend this case against Trump. It actually could fall apart because of this. Now, she was visibly upset. And she uh, originally fought to stay off the witness stand. But um, then she agreed to testify after a previous witness said her relationship with special prosecutor, uh, prosecutor Nathan Wade began earlier than they had claimed. Yeah, <laughs> which, you know, I don't see the relevance of that either. But uh, you might as well set the record straight. The uh, district attorney's testimony grew heated under questioning from a defense attorney who's trying to remove Willis from Trump's 2020 election interference case, with the prosecutor at one point raising papers in front of her and shouting, It's a lie. Do you think I'm on trial? These people are on trial for trying to steal an election in 2020. I'm not on trial no matter how hard you try to put me on trial. She said that to uh, defense attorney Ashley Merchant. Um, And you know, what's what's weird about this case is that um, when you hear reports about it, they talk about the defense said this. And, of course, you think that that should be Fannie Willis because she's defending herself. But, no, the defense, they're referring to Trump's defense. So it's the defense that's trying to prosecute Fannie Willis, the prosecutor. It gets really complicated and confusing. Um, so, anyway, she had to go on the stand. Nathan Wade had to go on the stand. Fannie Willis's father had to go on the stand. I, I, I don't understand this. Even if they were, you know, married or, you know, basically sharing everything, aren't they on the same side? In fact, I even asked, I even asked um, uh, Google Bard, you know, the artificial intelligence for what it's worth. Are district attorneys and prosecutors on the same side? And, And basically the answer I got was in the U.S. legal system, district attorneys and prosecutors are essentially the same. While they might use different titles depending on the state, they fulfill the same role, representing the government in criminal cases and prosecuting individuals accused of breaking the law. How? How in any way does a romantic involvement between a district attorney and a prosecutor on the same case compromise that case? Somebody explain that to me. I I, I just don't see how there is a conflict of interest here, how there could be. But this whole case is being derailed by this? Boy, our system is more corrupt than I thought it was. These people have way too much power. These people, meaning Trump's people. What do you think, Kyle? I know you were watching that as well.
3: Uh, yeah, I'd just say that uh, when she said "these people," she was pointing directly at them.
2: The same these people I just mentioned. A yeah,
3: well placed finger.
2: I feel so bad for her. You know, she oh, yeah. let her do her job.
3: Yeah, I mean, okay. I I agree it's sort of stupid to raise and really ought not to matter and doesn't ostensibly, because it's about the legal uh you got a butt trans- coming got the, gotta... the so... r- legal transgressions I also think it's like a an own goal or something you know it's like it's you're just handing something you you wouldn't want even the slightest whiff of impropriety if this is even Raised to impropriety, which I know you're saying it isn't,
1: and okay, I agree.
3: But so I just think like, if you want to, but that's all about. That's all part of his whole legal hedge funds strategy is to discredit anyone that challenges him. Right. So you're you're really you're just you're um, playing into his. Legal team's alarm that that is really nothing.
2: It's nothing
3: in comparison. When you say nothing, it's nothing in comparison. But, but, but kind of look. Yeah, maybe it may be sort of silly, and and um, you could say yeah, maybe. But but they're working together. It could this they could a, have been married or this they is co-
2: a relationship in the past. Right, right. It's not a relationship that that is you know, know. suddenly starting now. Sure. It's not impropriety uh where 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 uh confidential material is being or, passed between people who are are becoming romantically involved
3: or there's infidelity or something this is
2: something in the past that happened that they both knew about that they didn't deny all right, and it's just being brought up because it makes them look foolish, i guess it makes them look vulnerable, but to hear people say uh well, you should have thought of that okay, so then what what is the game plan then so yeah, I can't prosecute this case against Trump because I was involved with somebody in the office and that person is also interested in being a part of this case. So neither one of us can be involved. Anybody else, anybody in the office have absolutely nothing that can be used against them in even the remotest way. That's not how you win cases.
3: What about like, I mean, they were going through all their receipts and stuff, but like, what about people in the same office socializing after hours. What's wrong with that? You're I in mean, the same office. Again, you're sort of saying, okay, they have a romantic relationship, but does that then include platonic interacting, like, office culture, where you might go out to drinks, you might talk actually about the crazy stuff you see during the day, yeah, or yeah. or how... um the other side is presenting in some of the the legal correspondence. who knows what that culture is like but but this idea that you have to be some sort of um saintly uh uh, uh <laughs> I don't know what like deity that that just is is totally impartial from that angle. I mean, uh, it, it but is But you kind are of partial.
2: Crazy. You're the prosecutor. You're the district attorney. You're supposed to be partial. You're supposed to be on the right. same side. You know, there there are, I don't right. know if George right. is one of them, but there are states where a husband and a wife can be on the same case on opposite sides. Like one can be a lawyer for the prosecution, one can be a lawyer for the defense, and they can they can do that. They can act as professionals. I don't see what the issue is here. In fact, you know, I don't watch a lot of cop shows, but I do know that there are district attorneys portrayed, there are prosecutors portrayed, all right? And I'd like to know, people who do watch these shows, can you find plots where a district attorney was romantically involved with a prosecutor and they somehow were involved in the same case? Because I bet there are a million of them.
3: Are you alleging... That there are legal procedural shows that have steaminess yeah, between. Yeah, I
2: think there might be. I think, like, yeah,
3: like the legal team N- and N- they're like N- NYPD Blue. They like make out or something. They had
2: bare bottom sometimes in that show.
3: All the way. Yeah,
2: at Cop Rock, the way they they sang and uh, all kinds of look. I'm not going to go through them all, but I'm sure there are many many plots where this happened, where there was romantic involvement, and it did not affect the case one iota. All right. You don't have people leaking information to people who shouldn't be seeing them. Both the prosecutor and the district attorney have every right to all the evidence, right? That's how it works. That's how cases are built. And if you know, not that this is what's alleged now, but if 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 um, being close with somebody makes you a better team, then you know, God bless. Yeah, I think team, but that's not what's even happening there's
3: here. There's there's some some validity of that, I think, because of um, well. Perhaps uh, establishing trust on an interpersonal level. Maybe they have uh, confidence in in a professional sense. But why are we to be the ones measuring that in the middle of this uh, this actual legal I, legal uh, mess?
2: I felt guilty looking at this. I felt yeah. I was watching things I shouldn't be seeing. This is this is personal. It's it's humiliating to to you know put somebody on the stand like that. Who hasn't done anything wrong? Who is trying to do her job and 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 doing a damn good job too? If you just let her, and we're supposed to we're supposed to actually expect now that the whole case against Trump, trying to steal the election, trying to trying to get those uh, uh eleven thousand seven hundred eighty uh, uh, votes out of Georgia, that can just be thrown away because yeah. somebody was romantically involved with somebody else in the same office. For a case they were both working on. That's, it's just so corrupt and horrible that we're even considering this. And, you know, to see some of the talk shows, how they're dealing with it, you know, basically a real contrast. You look at how Steve Colbert handled it. Uh, they played the same clip, Steve Colbert and Jordan Klepper on The Daily Show. Jordan Klepper decided he was going to condemn her for being an idiot and doing this as if, as if that was part of the plan, uh, you know, to uh, be involved with the prosecutor and then try to take down Trump, um, whereas Stephen Colbert played her strong defense of herself, saying these people are trying to steal an election. I'm not the one on trial here, and you just saw the difference in how the audience reacted. The audience in Steve Colbert's um, uh, uh, studio uh, cheered louder than I've ever heard an audience cheer before, whereas they were completely silent in Jordan Klepper's studio, only a few blocks away. Playing the same clip because of how he portrayed it and made it seem like she was guilty of something, which she is not. I'm sorry. I do not see it. And if 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 I'm wrong, hey, someone tell me, explain it to me, explain to me how it's wrong for somebody uh, who is a a district district attorney and someone who is a prosecutor in the same office to uh, uh, to be close. I just I don't I don't see how that is a problem for the case.
3: Yeah, no matter how there was not enough cannabis in the world to make that make sense.
2: I do see it as a problem when district attorneys are too close with cops, okay, uh, because, you know, cops are not prosecutors, cops are not uh, uh, in charge of um, handing down sentences or arguing cases in court, it's it's a very different dynamic. You can still have a relationship, but, you know, the the, um, the possibility for conflict of interest is much greater, but here... You know, like like uh, like the AI said, basically the same thing, prosecutor, district attorney. So, please, give me a break.
3: I went, out and then I came back from the smoke break waiting for my coffee, and it <laughs> still was boring. And I still was scratching my head, like, why does any of this matter, and when do we get to the par about what he did?
2: Exactly. When, when does he actually start to feel pain, you know? Actual pain where he loses things. Uh, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> you can say, Emmanuel, yeah, come on. <laughs> he he lost hundreds of millions of dollars this past week alone. What was it, $400 million they, uh, that New York court yeah, round held up. him liable for for fraud? Roundup. Okay, but you know what? He hasn't paid anything yet. He's saying he's not going to pay anything. You know, basically, all his, his followers are, are, are basically lining up behind him now. He has not yet felt the pain. <laughs> I want to see Trump Tower either demolished or, or you know, given over to somebody else. I want to see him lose that. All right. I want to see the actual penalties start to kick in, rather than just the hint of penalties somewhere down the road. And then if he gets elected, they're all going to go away. No, no, that is not how we do it. All right. Yeah. We 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 prosecute the case. We 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 um, show the evidence. We don't let us get distracted by all the nonsense. And then we hand down the verdict and enforce it. And I, I have yet to see that happen. You know, the the, the former governor of uh, Illinois, there was this um, uh, documentary on about him, how he was in prison for corruption, for the things he did. Didn't see a whole lot of Democrats lining up behind him saying, uh, yeah, this is unacceptable. This is the, the deep state going after this poor guy. no. He Talking was guilty Bl- of corruption. Blagojevich. Yeah, you know, and, and, and that's what happens. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I, I want to see justice. I, want, I think we all want to see justice.
3: Well, calm yourselves. The, the, the losses, those come big and they can come fast. So, I don't know. It seems to be accumulating, but remember, it's all, this is, it's just a big, like, defense, like, legal hedge and... Using some political campaign contributions like it's brazen um, finance abuse, I think, but you know it it's not going unnoticed and and I think people are are reluctant to think that that is actually going to get us through the kinds of um challenges we're actually going to have
2: well this uh this election campaign season coming up is really going to be. Um, uh fascinating and painful but we have to keep our heads and we have to uh make sure people are aware and involved and do the right thing because boy a mistake at this point is uh about the worst thing I think we could um, we could uh have in our wildest nightmares. So yeah, I'm a little um uh trepidatious about that. But um let's keep talking. Let's keep noticing what's going on uh write to us o t w at twenty six hundred dot com that is our email address for off the wall um we'd like to hear your your viewpoints your um your thoughts your prayers <laughs> dare well, I say and uh, uh we'll uh, we'll do our best yeah come That's on all we I can mean, do for all the
3: big bad awesome united states has to offer, that we hear about it as, let's let's see it for once.
2: Mm-hmm. I promise this is the last song from this album I'll play. It just speaks to me for some reason. From 50 years ago, 51. See you next week. Good night.
3: Stay fearsome.